Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The art world, it is essentially a money laundering business. The best fakes are still hanging on people's walls, you know? They don't even know or suspect that they're fakes. I'm Alec Baldwin, and this is a podcast about deception, greed, and forgery in the art world. I just walked in and saw this bright red painting presuming to be a Rothko. Of course, art forgeries only happen because there's money to be made. A lot of money. I'm listening to how what they're paying for these things. It was incredible amounts of money. You knew the painting was fake. Um. Listen to Art Fraud on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big Brother, North Korea's Forgotten Prince is a new true crime podcast that dives deep into the life and mysterious assassination of the man once destined to be North Korea's next dictator. Join me, Eden Lee, as we investigate a twisting tale of espionage, palace gossip, and political backstabbing and dive into the motives and suspects behind the most bizarre assassination plot of the 21st century. Listen to Big Brother on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming February 23rd. Hey, it's Dua Lipa. I'm here to tell you about my brand new podcast, Dua Lipa, at your service. 
I'll be sitting down with the world's most inspiring minds to uncover what makes them tick and what they've learned from the obstacles life has thrown at them, including Sir Elton John. After a lot of upsets, a lot of disappointments, a lot of betrayals, it's turned out to be the most wonderful life right now that I could have ever imagined. Listen to Dua Lipa at your service on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Amy Ryan, and I played Holly Flax on The Office. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another installment of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. I hope you're doing very well today. And if you're not, well, I think I'm about to change that because my guest on the podcast today is the truly extraordinary Amy Ryan. Now, I, I, I have to come clean about something here, okay? When Amy Ryan showed up on the set of The Office for the first time, I, I freaked out a little bit because I am a huge Amy Ryan fan. If you have not seen her work prior to The Office, you should. Season two of The Wire, genius her Oscar-nominated performance in Gone Baby Gone is so heartbreaking and oh, amazing. Uh, now, I interviewed Amy in New York uh, right after my interview with Paul Feig. And partly because we live on opposite coasts, I had not seen Amy in such a long time. Many years, in fact. And immediately, boom, I'm just so happy to see her again. I have this special place in my heart for Amy. And, and what's amazing to me is that so many people have a special place in their heart for Amy, even though she only appeared in 15 of our 200-plus episodes. I mean, I could imagine a world where people were not so fond of Amy and the character she played, because basically she's the reason that Michael Scott left the office, right? But... Amy was so undeniably perfect and wonderful as Holly that you just couldn't help falling in love with her. Plus, she and I, for better or worse, we are linked together forever because of the very special Kevin-Holly storyline, which, well, you'll hear us get into shortly. Anyway, am I, am I gushing? I'm gushing. I can't help it. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is. Amy Ryan. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. So I was here. And we were. Here you go. Thank you. Do you need anything else, either of you? Uh, I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, uh, masseuse? No. Well, like I a... mean, what's on the list? I just see beverages. <laughs> There's nothing but beverages on this table. So. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Hydrate. I'm caffeinating. I was here very briefly. You saw John. Then? I saw John. Um, they. Uh, let me get rid of these Paul things. Oh, old news. I mean, just get rid of it. And then 
yeah, Paul was, I think he's doing a pilot and then a movie back to back. So he was like, <laughs> you can come to New York or I'll see you in May or something like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll, yeah. co- I'll come back. That's great. So this worked out then. Yes. How are you? Good. Really good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So before you were cast, did you watch the show? Mm-hmm. You so did. my my history of the office started with my neighbor, Nolene Burke, who came home from Ireland visiting her family with the British series. She said, This is a really funny show, you have to watch it. And she had, you know, like the DVD pal or whatever. Right. So I was full on in convert from the Ricky Gervais series. Then I heard they were making an American version, and I thought that was just blasphemous. I was like, <laughs> why? Why can't they just import the show? Why do we import our shows or export our shows there? But we Americans need to remake something that's perfect. Right. And I thought it was the worst idea ever. And then I started seeing the cast assembled. I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) And it was. Uh. And I watched the American version happily. um, And then thought, like, I, I enjoy comedy. I never... I'm not good at the four-camera sitcom thing. Yeah. I can't land the the whatever. Right. But I, when I saw The Office, I was like, oh, this is character-based comedy. This is not rhythm. I mean, there are some rhythms in it, of course, but like, it's not so dependent on that joke and then the alternative <laughs> punchline for that joke that all the writers stand around writing and right, hope you right. get it. That is, like, too stressful for me. So, anyway, The Office, I felt like, okay, here's a world I could fit into in terms of building a character and, you know, everything is life or death for them. So, what was the process of you being cast on the show? Did they they approach you to come in? That was the year uh, I was nominated for uh, an Oscar for Gone Baby Gone. And I remember saying to my agent, half-joking but not really, I was like, you know, if we have any poll right now, I want to cash it in on the office. That's am- I had not heard that. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And apparently, simultaneously, Paul Lieberstein, who I had known from a sitcom many, many years earlier called The Naked Truth that he was writing on, knew of me but also was a fan of The Wire. And so I think, I'm not sure who called first, but... I think both were, like, there was a coincidence of timing in, right. that, in that case. So so I showed up. <laughs> I've heard the story, by the way. I remember Rain Go going, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, why are you here? <laughs> anyway, I, I felt very, very confident in my decision that this is where I wanted to be next. Because a lot of all, you know, a lot of the opportunities as well, like, there's not much imagination once you maybe poke through with a role, you know, as you may know from your own experience, like, people are like, great, we have this new role for you, and it's, she's a drug-addicted mother. You're like, yeah, you mean like the one I just played? <laughs> okay. Yes, that yes. doesn't sound like yeah. so much fun. Yeah, for a while, so, playing someone intelligent was not coming to me, oh, surprisingly. Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> it's so, so, so yeah. but making those hard right turns and giving other people whiplash is what I was after. Like, uh, so certainly like going to a comedy and um, just being well-groomed in a role, you know. So I was, I was really grateful for that, that 
they thought it was a good idea too. So when you were cast, did you at that moment have any idea of where it was going to go? No, but I, I understood that I was there on a trial basis. I think it was the last episode, like Goodbye Toby, I came in and I think it was a pretty fancy audition, basically, like right. having not read for the role. Like, okay, if this doesn't work out. Because they said, like, you know, maybe might might be love interest for Michael Scott. We're not sure. But, you know, we still have some ideas. But yet again, there was the British version to kind of go by. And there was that character, I forget her name, but where he finally found someone that the affection was mutual. Right. But then I believe that... About that part is, I think, where it stopped, like yes. the comparison. So I knew it was a little up in the air and it depended on how well I did. I mean, I felt very welcome by all you guys. But there is a weird thing about being a fan of a show and then being employed by that show. I remember doing it like one episode of ER back in the day, like right. shocked that the hallway was so little. That Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They did all that choreography of, like, running through with gurneys and such. And, you know, The Wire was the same thing, like, being a big fan of the show and then joining the company in the second season. It was it's It takes a minute to just, like, calm down. <laughs> right. You know, just no. Like, well, being a guest star is a you know, very difficult thing. You're the transfer student from another school. Totally. Yeah, like, well, who's going to sit with me at lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you were you were you nervous when you walked onto set the first time? I was nervous. I can tell because my head is tilted down like this. Yeah. And cuz I'm cuz my daughter just watched that episode and so having the hindsight like I was like, "Oh yeah, look, you're not like standing up <laughs> straight." Really? Yeah, just that little tilt to the head. <laughs> like maybe no one will notice if I mess up. <laughs> wow. and, and then I was and then you know a lot of that quickly subsided because the nature of being on the office is you are a main character and an extra all in one. Right. You are in the background every scene if you don't have spoken lines. And I remember being um, positioned by one of the low file cabinets and pretending to go through papers and kind of shocked because all that those papers were like old medical records. Yes. And I thought, oh my God, this is somebody's social security number. This is somebody's medical history. This is, I was just shocked. Anyway. Yeah, they recycle. recycle. That's, that was our, Kate Flannery and I talked about yeah, that, which I had forgotten. Yeah. Get a shredder, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shred sure. your stuff. Don't, you might end yeah, up a prop on the office. On the office, exactly. <laughs> It's a hard time for hiring, so you need a hiring partner built for hard times. That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. 
With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert, Laura Vanderkam, teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. From the creator of The Bright Sessions comes a new fiction podcast for all ages. Jump back to 1997 and follow Maxine Miles as she starts high school in the picturesque town of Hastings, New Hampshire. Fall is the season in which this small town shines. Apple cider, pumpkin patches, farmer's markets. It's idyllic for adults and boring for Max. But suddenly, Max's school year starts to look a bit more interesting when a fellow student vanishes. With the help of her misanthropic classmate, Ross, Max starts to look into the disappearance. Her investigation draws her deep into the dark woods around Hastings and even deeper into the secrets and lies that course through the veins of this sleepy town. This new YA mystery from writer-director Lauren Shippen is an audio drama with heart and wit that involves the audience in a way no fiction podcast ever has. Listen to Maxine Miles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. chemistry with Steve from the beginning is amazing. Did you guys have a discussion? I mean, you were a fan of the show, so you knew his character very well, but Mm. how much of it was a discussion about, you know, potentially Holly being the female version of him, or is that how it was described or? No. Um, That was you? you? It wasn't described that way, but, you know, just in the writing, I mean, it was so generous of the writers to offer me those tidbits, whether it was like rapping with him or, you know, the Yoda yes. thing. Like clearly they're saying she is of like, <laughs> this yes. is kinfolk. Yes. And then just as an actor, I was like, well, I can't do, you know, Steve's bit. Like I can't. And, and even if I tried, I couldn't. But like, how do you make it the same but different, you know? Um, and I, I just, I just love that idea that there's a lid for every pot. You know, I will say this. So I don't know if I really want to admit this, but after however many years playing different parts and theater and other TV and film, I get a call from my high school boyfriend. <laughs> He's like, yeah. "Well, I'm so glad you're finally playing yourself." <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Oh. And I, I can't really 
deny that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So my, my, like, nerdy, geeky side was <laughs> on the rise there. So, yeah. So, drug-addled single mother. Oh, no, that- that's part of, that's that's the other side of my personality. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like to keep All it right. balanced. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> Don't pigeonhole yeah, me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you had worked with Steve before. Very briefly, yeah. Or, um... So Steve starred in a film called Dan in Real Life that yeah. Peter Hedges wrote and directed. Peter's an old friend of mine, and I have a really teeny tiny part in there playing his sister-in-law. It's a big extended family. Mm-hmm. And Peter got together a bunch of his New York actor friends. And we all were up in Rhode Island for, I don't know, six, eight weeks or so. Anyway, the whole company was very close, and that's where that's where I met Steve. Um you know, just chit-chatting. We really didn't have any scenes together, you right. know, stuff like that. But I, I don't I don't know. I get asked that a lot about what's the chemistry with Steve. And I, I have to say, I have to give him credit for being the most grounded, down-to-earth, creative genius <laughs> that um, you can dream of. Because he's got a really good thing going on, and he, he isn't... Subliminally, subliminally, I can't, I'm going to change that word because who can say subliminally? (laughs) Subliminally. (laughs) He is, he is in no way saying, back up, let me do my thing. I've experienced that on sets with other actors, like they're not even really looking at you or, you know, they can do it all. They don't even need you off camera for their close up. But Steve, and I guess that's his uh, early days, you know, improv, being with a group. He's so generous. And, I always thought it was weird. He'd be like, the first one would be like, that's so funny. He'd tell everyone like how funny they were, right. you know, and you just like, he's just your shoulders drop a little bit. You're like a little more relaxed each time. Right. But I don't know. I, I did say to him one time, I said, I know this sounds really flaky, but um, I really feel like I've known you before in my life. And he said, I feel the same. So I think it was just about trust and, um, and just having fun. Like, So you were there and then... You left. And it's interesting because, you know, you talk about Jim and Pam, their relationship played just very purely. And then Mm -hmm. all of Michael's relationships played essentially totally for comedy, at least until Holly, you know, like the Mm -hmm. Carol, the real estate agent and Jan (laughs) that was like so preposterous and terrible. But I think for me, even though you guys were so close and that chemistry was there in my head you left and it went away like it went away and for some reason the the herpes episode where he calls (laughs) you i suddenly went oh this is it like Mm -hmm. this is this is where they're going where were you in terms of the discussion about you coming back again or did you say no way no, no we left it open and i'd love to come but for me, it was also about location. I live in New York and love being in New York. So I didn't want to relocate to Los Angeles, but I was happy to come and go. And then also in that time, then uh, I was pregnant and had my daughter, Georgia. So so there was a big chunk off while that was happening. Yeah. Where do you feel like Michael's search for the American dream, mm-hmm. you know, happiness, success, family, you know, that, that that's all he's looking for and nobody will give it to him (laughs) except Dwight that he doesn't want. Right. I know. Dwight Dwight will do anything for him. But that it becomes the people that are in this office Mm -hmm. until, 
until you come along. How do you feel like that transition for him, his character happened, or how did you see it? Well, I, I don't know if I can speak so clearly about Michael in that way, but um, I, I just feel like maybe, you know, Michael just became <laughs> just a happier person. And, right. You know, he's still crazy. That's what I still like. Like, he still makes really bad choices along the way and things that make other people cringe. Like, it's not like suddenly Holly comes and spreads this magic pixie dust on him and he's like a normal person. (laughs) Right. But she's got a little of that, too. So it's it's permissible in their world. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, when I'm stopped or asked questions, you know, if it's someone on the street or... (laughs) I just... I'm always amazed at how much, like... They root for a guy they don't like. (laughs) Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. And they're so glad he met me. You know that, or you know, I'm at home. Right. And I love that that's all in conflict with each other. Um, so what, is, what does Holly mean for Michael? I mean, it's a guy who's just so, so desperate to have a win somewhere in his life or to be that guy. You know, he, he poses at that for so long. And then here's someone he doesn't have to work that hard with. For the, I think the first time we see him, or that we've known him, rather, and I, I don't know, maybe that it's, it's all going to be okay. Like if there's one phrase to it, like you know, we all matter. At the end of the day, we all matter. There's, there is someone for you, and if you don't feel right. good along the way, then you, you're just with the wrong person. And maybe that sounds easier said than done. And there's someone single alone being, yeah, you know, thanks. Thanks for that advice, Amy Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. No. But, like, I think, I think there's, um, I guess progress is the word. He's gotten out of his own way. Yeah, but um, I, I think that in the show, on the show, all of the characters, you bring up a really interesting point that people haven't talked to so much, but so much is about just wanting to win one. Mm-hmm. Like just having that one success, yeah. be it in work or in life or in love or whatever. And Holly really is that for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't have to work that hard for it. I mean, she was in as fast as he was pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's also fun to see him get knocked back a bit. Right. You know? Right. He can more be himself. He, he doesn't and not need to pose. stalk a woman to date her. <laughs> right. Like, right. <laughs> He doesn't have to pose. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we all feared as viewers, if you say, like, what does this mean for the show? Right. Is, is he leaving the show? Is it, what, what, what? No, no. What's it, what, back up, back up, back up. Right. And, you know, that proposal when I had to walk down the line of everybody holding candles, I couldn't stop crying. I thought it was one of those things where it's like, I had to tell myself, like, this isn't real. <laughs> but there's something about everybody's face, like, looking so lovingly. And the can like, it was such a beautiful setting. But I had to, I had to tell myself, like, these are actors. <laughs> You're not getting married. You're not getting married. <laughs> You're not married. But it's Steve. like any wedding, like, oh, it makes me cry. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, I've often, God. I've often said there was something about that. That scene, that water, com- you know, mm. the sprinklers coming down that, um, I don't know, was so sort of beautiful yeah. and moving to me. I, I Steve directed that episode, and I remember, you know, the water being such a big effect. And that first take, which is what's in the show, because it was shocking and it was cold and it was goofy and it wasn't cinematic. And I, I, I don't know who, but, you know, 
on the other side of the monitors, like, we have to go again. And Steve got up and he, he f- remember he fought for it. He's like, no, this is better. It's not, it's not slick. It's not cool. It's, they look terrible, <laughs> but it's funny, like, you know, and I, I was so glad two reasons because I agreed with him. And the other's like, I really didn't want to get wet again because <laughs> that water was so cold. <laughs> I was such a shock <laughs> when, it, when it opened up. Yeah. Well, and I, I just remember that, um, that the, it's how life is, right? Like everything is not, it's not the perfect moment that you, that you assume that it's going to be. And even though it is this beautiful moment with the candles, like there's something that's going to screw it up. Of course. Yeah. But that's the life I prefer to live in. Like I, weird is good to me. Odd is really good to me. You know, I, that's what makes me laugh through life that's just things slightly off kilter (laughs) yeah Um, well i I think the moment that always like anytime i see it and i felt it as a human being in the moment that it happened when he says i'm going to colorado and kevin says all of us yeah right because (laughs) yeah with michael we all must go right because that's how to us, Michael is the office. That, That's the, right. The, yeah. Yeah. But because of you, there, there's that transition there. You know, I think when you find true love, then nothing else matters. So, like, his old, you know, ways aren't necessary. But, you know, eventually he finds his true family. Which is you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Dana Goodyear here. Have you ever wondered how a true crime podcast like Lost Hills gets made? How we unearth secrets and tease out the truth? And deal with complicated characters while tackling sensitive subjects like violence, trauma, and deception? Now's your chance to find out. Join me and Jake Halpern, host of Pushkin's Deep Cover podcast, on March 16th for a digital conversation on true crime storytelling. Get your tickets now at momenthouse.com slash DCLH. That's M-O-M-E-N-T house dot com slash D-C-L-H. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, 
But don't take our word for it. Find the Gangsta Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, here's a question that I've been asking everybody. Um, not everyone. I didn't think about it until halfway through, but, (laughs) um, when Michael Scott left to go be with you, there was obviously a hole on the show. And the question is, what do you feel like was the bigger loss? Steve Carell or Michael Scott? Well, what do you mean by your question? If there, you mean if Michael... Well, that Steve was, you know, as you mentioned before, he is just such a good and loving person Mm -hmm. and really was the head of the ship. Oh, yeah. Right? In terms of the whole cast. Like when he left, I don't don't know if you know this, we retired his jersey. Like literally the number one on the call sheet did not exist after he, he left. He certainly set the right energy of being the lead of the show, I feel like he brought out the best in everybody because he's so kind and he's so generous. And I feel like, um, <laughs> like I'll, I'll use myself an example. <laughs> One morning, because we had those early morning makeup sessions, like 4.45 report in the yes. morning. And uh, Steve said, um, he's like, how are you? I said, oh, I'm tired, you know, got up like 15 minutes before the alarm and I drove over the hill and uh, I think Starbucks wasn't open. He goes, oh, poor you, like being paid a lot of money to come be on a hit show. And I was like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> you guys don't complain out in LA. In New York, this is our good morning. <laughs> Check. <laughs> but it was, you know, he, he was being playful, obviously, but it was like a reminder of like, this too will pass. And, you know, remember that because you might not have it so good one day. <laughs> right. Well, you you came in ultimately to be a love interest for Michael, but I have to tell you, the storyline between you and I <laughs> on the show um, gets talked about a lot. And yeah. I think in the history of table reads that we had on the show, it was n- never more laughs because of the, how long that joke I know. <laughs> had been used to set up. And, you know, when I get asked now about moments in the entire show mm-hmm. where I could not stop laughing— <laughs> was you and the button is literally if you <laughs> watch change, it with the change, the change this is a nickel this <laughs> is a this is a button and there was something about the sweetness on your face and you just very genuinely explaining to kevin that this was a button made me smile every <laughs> single time and i was like i can't do it and, and they're right there with the camera like i can't do it and basically then just turned it into a grin it, to say I'm, I'm so gonna well. I'm gonna bang you, but that, yeah. Do you think that story could play now? I mean, there's so much of The Office that I don't know if it could play now. Um, it's interesting. So I just happened to watch that episode because my ten year old daughter and all her friends at school are really into The Office, and my daughter is a little behind the rest of her friends because I think it's weird for her. So, yeah. But but anyway, so we're watching that. 
sorry. <laughs> my husband, Eric, and I, like, we're just out of her eyeline, but here comes your line, like, I'm totally going to bang her. <laughs> and, our, we, you know, I'm like, we look at each other, like, see, and then look over at her face. Does she register that? And, you know, no, because oh, oh, oh. somehow it's going right over their head, I think. Or she maybe she doesn't, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think, I hope a lot of it still plays because I think it's well-intentioned. I don't think yes. we were cruel. No. Sadistic people on this show. I mean, but the stuff that doesn't play, it's interesting to think about as we all think we're like well-intentioned, liberal-minded, caring people and the stuff that we didn't pay attention to. And so, you know, you're asking me, is it okay to make fun of a person who we think is mentally handicapped? Probably not. Right. But it was really funny then. So what do we do with it? Like, you know, right. I don't know where that lives. Um, right. I certainly don't want to offend anybody. I mean, I think the joke is upon the person who made the mistake. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. how could Holly be that thick-headed? <laughs> or, or that, well, you that know. Well, it's Dwight, really. I mean, yeah. that it's really that it's Dwight who well, is. Dwight's the naughty who is, one. Is the naughty but one. But I'm a. I'm in the middle there of not using my own good judgment or maybe asking for a second opinion or, you know, I mean, we all, we're all judgmental. We say we don't, but we judge everybody that walks down the block, you know. Right. In our heads, in the little private tapes in our heads. Yes. Um, Why do you think, I mean, part of why we're doing this exploration is we haven't filmed anything in six years. Mm -hmm. And... Essentially, by almost any measure, now the office is the most watched show on television. Why? Well, I think I think these are relatable characters. And first of all, it's funny. So that's what's holding up through time. The writing is funny. And it's a really great uh ensemble of actors. And uh what you know you look back at what what old show like i love lucy still hands uh, holds up you know um it's funny <laughs> right right and it's not about like um pop culture you know which obviously fades away we don't understand the references over time we forget them and such i think also the culture of binge watching it's you know it's written well for that it's written well for that you know um you know, I have friends who tell me their kids watch it as really like also a soothing effect. If they're having a bad day, they go and they pop in the office and it lifts them. Right. Why do you think that is? It's about paper salesmen, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe there's that, you know, joy we get in knowing like, well, at least my life isn't that bad. <laughs> 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 at, least, at least I'm not. It's interesting though. The fact that we're employees at a paper company that actually make a living doing one job with a specific mm-hmm. small, because oh, now okay. if you're selling paper, you're working at Staples mm-hmm. or you're just yeah. getting it from Amazon or whatever, like that, that, that sort of like office community, that, that group, whether you like the people or don't like the people, it's still a community. Well, maybe that's, it's also community is the key word. Maybe not so much like I could be in a job for the next 30 years and get my pension. I don't know if people are really dreaming about that, 
But I think you're right. A community, and this is such a world where everyone is expressing their emotion, uh, emotions, emotions, emotions with emojis, and um, you know, connecting with people, even misconnecting. You know, yes. like uh, the conflict is probably interesting and fun and enviable. Yeah. Well, you. I mean, you talked about Paul being a fan of yours on the wire. I mean, it cannot come as a surprise that everyone who was on set was such a huge fan of yours and the wire. And the fact that it seems like the whole ensemble from the wire ended up coming on at one point or other. It was no. like, how can we think of a way to go? Do we, do we, do we, do we need to go to the docks? Is there a docks near Scranton? Is there, <laughs> yeah. any, is there any way we there. can get, yeah. Chris Bauer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I uh, yeah. Thanks for coming and talking yeah, to me. It's my pleasure. It's so good to see you again. I, it's so good to see you. Yeah, I will tell you. You know, I go to college campuses and I'll talk and oh, wow. and I know that all people want is they want they want to hear they want to hear, hear Kevin. Yes, and just so you know, it almost always comes out as I'm totally gonna bang Holly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's it that's it that's all 206 episodes 206 episodes oh, no God. but i'm saying that's the line Here, maybe maybe I, you'll update it for this generation mm. and you'll say with her permission <laughs> okay. with her permission Let's and just, love yes <laughs> but it's funny that's that amazing. that is uh that's always the line oh thank you so much yeah. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Amy, so much for coming in to sit down with me. Luckily, I am pretty sure I do not need Amy's permission to say that was one of the most delightful half hours of my life. That's what she said. Uh, Anyway, I hope you all feel the same way. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time for another episode of The Office Deep Dive. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our senior producer is Tessa Kramer. Our producer is Adam Macias. Our associate producer is Emily Carr. And our assistant editor is Diego Tapia. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend, Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. It's Dua Lipa. I'm here to tell you about my brand new podcast, Dua Lipa at Your Service. I'll be sitting down with the world's most inspiring minds to uncover what makes them tick and what they've learned from the obstacles life has thrown at them, including Sir Elton John. After a lot of upsets, a lot of disappointments, a lot of betrayals, it's turned out to be the most wonderful life right now that I could have ever imagined. Listen to Dua Lipa at Your Service on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi guys, I'm Jade Iovine, and I host Tell Me About It, the podcast that is the antithesis of a success story podcast, where we leave things like girl boss energy and lucky breaks at the door, and instead celebrate and commiserate about all the things that make us human. This is the podcast manifestation of those conversations you have with your best friend at 4 a.m., We have all kinds of women from all different walks of life, like Gwen Stefani, Steph Shep, Amanda Knox, Lala Kent, Raven Simone, and JoJo. Listen to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.